Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Hallelujah! Amen! It's good, to, it's good news to know that the one that keeps us doesn't sleep in or slumber. Amen! What a good news. Those people that believe in which doctors, they sleep in slumber. Those people that believe in other sources, those are useless, but there's only one that never, that never sleep or slumber. Yes. The Almighty God. Amen. Uh, I also acknowledge the pastor for giving me this opportunity to stand before the children of God. Uh, thanking also his grace to keep us and make us cross over up to this side. Which means there's a lot also for us this year. Amen. Uh, without any waste of time, let's go to the, uh, the book of Second Kings, chapter 3. God bless you, musicians. Second Kings chapter 3, I'll start from verse 9. If you are there, you say amen. amen. Okay, the Bible is saying here from verse 9. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, 
and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants uttered and said, Here is Elisha the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, will not look toward thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played, and the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, We shall not see wind, neither shall we see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. May God be blessed by the reading of his word as we close our eyes. Almighty God, I want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, this morning, Lord, that you have allowed us to gather in this manner, Lord Jesus Christ, and you have installed good things for us, O oh God. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for keeping us, O oh Father, from last year until now. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for this new year, O oh God. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for every good thing that you do in our lives, Heavenly Father. Now, dear God, I stand here, Lord Jesus Christ, representing your kingdom, O oh God, knowing, Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, there's a lot, Father, that you might have to say to your children, O oh God, myself as a vessel, I stand aside, O oh Father, and your Lord, your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, to come, Lord Jesus Christ, and take charge of your children, Lord. I pray, dear God, that you address each and every individual, O oh God, may each and everyone receive their portion, Heavenly Father, as I know, dear God, the prophet taught us, as we come in your house, O oh Lord, we always receive, Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, our portion, and a pint of the blood of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we pray that, Lord, you take over. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, not forgetting for the sick, the afflicted, may undertake for each and every individual. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen, amen. As you take the comfort of your seats, enjoy the comfort of your seats. <clears throat> Amen. Since it is the first Sunday of the new year, uh, I understand all of you, maybe you might have wrote something, your desires down that you longed for God to do before you. To some of you, all those desires have been fulfilled. To some, some of the, their desires have even been fulfilled. So to them that have already received their blessings for 2021, we just want to say thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. And to them that still got their desires on the paper that are not yet fulfilled, 2022 is, is yours. Amen. Amen. God cannot fail. Amen. He's duty bound to fulfill his word. Amen. Because you already spoke in his word that delight in the Lord. He'll grant you the desires of your heart. Amen. So if God speaks, we know that God is not a man that he can lie. Yeah. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's also everybody's desires. We start this year that uh, I want to be a better husband, a better wife, a better Christian, a better colleague, a, bet, uh, a better neighbor, whatever, in your section of life. 
you have to uh, be ambitious for good things. Amen. And as we know that as the years are going by, uh, it is also drawing us to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we know that the only thing that you are waiting for as believers is uh, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the prophet spoke something about John. He said, you see, if, uh, the, uh, if God would have told uh, John that Jesus Christ is going to come exactly after 2,000 years, people would relax and say, ah, now time is still there. We better drink, we better enjoy ourselves because time is still there. But God has to make sure that he doesn't review his secret of, uh, of the day when he's going to come so that all of us will be on our knees, uh, on our toe, looking for his coming. Amen. Amen. Then uh, the scripture for New Year, before we get into our subject, is Deuteronomy chapter 28. The Bible is saying here, it, it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Hey, what a promise. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt be in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come up against thee one way and flee before these seven ways. The devil is in trouble. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouse and in all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and a holy people unto himself and a sword unto thee. Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his way. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenders in goods, and in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And shall, thou shalt lend unto many nations, thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thy, thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Amen. Amen. What a promise, saints. Amen. These are good news to saints. Amen. The only requirement is to obey his voice. Yes. As long as we obey his voice, then all these things will follow. Amen. Actually, God wants to bless us spiritually, naturally, materially. Amen. He's interested in every aspect of our life. Amen. Amen. These are good news. I feel so good, amen, with this kind of a prophet, uh, promise. In the book of Psalm 68, verse 19, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily uh, Lord his says with the benefits. It's his delight to Lord you with the benefits. Amen. Uh, this morning, I want to speak about the move of God. Uh, when we are speaking about the move of God, the move of God is nothing less than the power of God in action. And the power of God in action is nothing like the mechanics, uh, sort of the mechanics and the dynamics. 
the mechanics and the dynamics is about the word and the spirit. Amen. Amen. When the spirit anoints the word, then we see supernatural going, going on. Amen. Amen. Because you are not worshiping a dead God. Wherever there is God, there is supernatural. Wherever there is God, there are things that happen to show that God is available. Amen. Amen. One, of, uh, one of the men in the Bible says, if God be with us, where are those miracles? Amen. Amen. Because it doesn't help to say God is here, God is here, but we doesn't see him. Amen. Amen. We have to see him in our, our day-to-day lives, that God moves here, God moves there, God moves there. Amen. Amen. If he moves to the next sister, then we say praise God, because God moves there by the neighbor. Amen. Amen. That's why when somebody's being blessed, we help also, because we know that we are also on the waiting list. Just like you go in at KFC or you go to McDonald's and them, as long you bought uh, and you go there sleep, you are there by the waiting list, enjoy eating and smiling with them that are already eating their beggars, their Kentucky fried chicken, amen. Knowing that my, my, my order is coming, amen. amen. Holding your sleep, knowing my order is coming. Amen. My brother, my sister, your order is coming, amen. amen. As long as you did to this brother, to that brother, then your order is coming. Amen. You're on a waiting list. Amen. Our God is able. Our God is not dead. Amen. Amen. As he did to that sister, he's also able to do it unto you. I'm going to read something here to show that this God is able. When you need a Jehovah, he's able also to protect you. Uh, This is the testimony of uh, uh, Sister Tapua Zoa. He's the wife of the minister in Zimbabwe. He was involved in the next day. Then here's the testimony. I'm going to read it for you. It says, I thank the Lord for this new year. My young sister, my three daughters, and I were in that better bus accident. The bus collided with a fuel tanker. My, do- my two daughters and I were thrown out of the bus. I found myself gathering the strength to stand up and started to search for my 7 kg uh, premature baby. His birth weight was 1 kg. Her name is Paradox. You can see how delicate she is. Here is the testimony. I found her lying down on the ground near the wheels of the fuel tanker covered by a towel. She was there crying for mommy alive and well, without any injuries. What a paradox. God commanded his angel to snatch the baby in my arms and laid her on a safe place. I went back in the bus and found my second-born daughter looking for me. She was uninjured. Later, I found my first-born daughter and my young sister lying outside the bus, and they were heavily, heavily bleeding. They had serious injuries. When I was about to search for the phones, clothes, and all our belongings, I heard the people saying the fuel tank is about to burst. Then I left everything, laptop, phones, clothes, and started concentrating on carrying young sisters whose legs' flesh was torn to the bone. She could not walk. After running away for just about uh, five minutes, boom, the tank exploded. The whole place was in flames. What a mighty God we save. The joy of God sparing our lives, override the pain of losing material things. Glory to God. I felt it's worth sharing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Even in a terrible accident, he can keep his own. Here's the sister of the message, right in a terrible accident. But look how God had to keep them out of the bus and how he had to protect them with the baby. That was just under the, the, the tank. Amen. Amen. We serve a mighty God. Amen. He keeps on doing great things. Amen. Amen. Not small, great things. Amen. Uh, 
we are talking about the move of God. Don't forget. Uh, I want to read something here so that you can also see the move of God here. Uh, it is in the Seven Church Age book, Pegamian Church Age. It is on uh, paragraph 159 under the message. It is speaking about uh, St. Martin. The prophet says here, And after left the army and having become a leader in the church, he took a very militant stand against idolatry. He cut down the groves, broke up the images, and pulled down the altars. When confronted by the pagans for his deeds, he challenged them in much the same manner that Elijah did the prophets of Bali. He offered to be tied to a tree on its underside so that when it was cut down, it would crush him unless God intervened and turned the tree around while it fell. The willy he then tied him to a tree that was growing on the side of a hill, assured that the natural pull of gravity would cause the tree to, to so fall as to crush him. Just as the tree began to fall, God swung it around and uphill, contrary to all natural laws. The fling hidden were crushed as the tree fell on several on them. Hey, brother, this is good news. This hidden tied this man so that he can be crushed by the tree. But God had to, 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 to divert the course of gravity. Amen. Until the enemies were crushed, but the men of God were safe. This is how our God works. Amen. All our enemies will be crushed. Amen. All of your enemies will be punished by God. Amen. Leave God to fight your battles. Don't fight it for yourself. Amen. Then the, uh, the prophet Cornelio says, Historians acknowledge that on at least three occasions, he raised the dead by faith in Jesus' name. In one instance, he prayed for a dead baby like Elijah. He stretched himself upon the baby and prayed. It came back to life and healed on another occasion, he was called to help deliver a brother who was being carried away to his death in a time of great persecution. By the time he arrived, the poor man was already dead. They had hanged him upon a tree. His board was lifeless and his eyes protruded from the sockets. But Martin took him down and when he had prayed, the man was restored back to life and to his rejoicing family. What a mighty God we serve. Our God is not dead. The one that raised Lazarus from the dead is still the same God. Martin never did fear the enemy, regardless of who it was. Brother, you must not fear your enemy. In other words, you must not even fear which wizards and which doctors. Thus, he went to a personal face of a wicked emperor who was responsible for the death of many spirit-fueled saints. The emperor would not grant an audience. So Martin went to see a friend of the emperor, one Damasus, a cruel bishop of Rome. But the bishop, being a nominal Christian of the false vine, would not intercede. Martin went back to the palace, but by now the gates had been locked and they would not allow him to enter. He lay down on his face before the Lord and he prayed that he be able to get into the palace. He heard a voice bidding him arise. When he did so, he saw the gates open of their own accord. He walked into the court, but the arrogant ruler would not turn his head and speak to him. Martin again prayed. Suddenly a fire came spontaneously from the seat of the throne and the unhappy emperor vacated speedily. Surely the Lord humbles the proud and exalts the lowly. Amen. Amen. This is wonderful, saints. In a door that you are not supposed to enter in, God will open it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Those doors that you think that they are closed, God will open it for you. Amen. Some doors that you expect God to open for you, he will do it for you, see, as he did to St. Martin. Amen. Such was his ally serving, 
such was his ardor in saving the Lord that the devil was mightily aroused. The enemies of truth hired assassins to kill Martin, then came by steel to his home, and as they were about to kill him, he stood erect and bared his throat to the sword. As they leaped forward, the power of God suddenly held them back across the room. So overcame were they in that holy and fearful atmosphere that they crawled upon their hands and knees and begged for forgiveness for the attempts upon his life. Amen. Amen. When the enemy comes in like a flood, his spirit always raises a standard. Uh, that one we got, that scripture is true and we've got an assurance here. We saw how God protected St. Martin. Your enemies will have to beg for forgiveness from you if you only stand with his word. We are reading here in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 3, from verse 9. We saw here these were the people that were going to war. The Bible is saying, actually a little bit uh, back there, it speaks about Jehoram. Jehoram was the king of Israel, and he was an idol worshiper. He was the son of Ahab. And we know all of us that idol worshiping is against God. Uh, the prophet taught us that anything... That you put between you and God is your God. If you put television between you and your God, then that television is your God. If you put money between you and God, then that man is your God. If you put your wife between you and God, then that wife is your God. Then if you put your husband between you and God, that husband is your God. Amen. So there, there must not be anything between you and God. Amen. God must be on the forefront for everything. So Jehoram actually did a wonderful thing. Him being an idol worshiper, but he realized there is a friend who was a, a king of Judah. Uh, his name was Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a God-fearing man. So they made an alliance with Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah and the king of Edom. They went after the king of Moab for war. So these people, as they went, they went, traveled through the wilderness of Edom. Their problem is that they just went, they didn't consult the Lord. In whatever we do, we have to consult the Lord. We don't just have to go into battles without consulting the Lord. You must also look what's God's mind upon what you are supposed to do. Amen. You might want to go to north, but God wants you to go to south. Amen. So you must make sure on God's will. I think the, uh, the pastor has already taught us about that, those things. Amen. So, as they journey by, Jehoshaphat realized that mm, things are, bec are, are becoming tough now. What's the problem? Because there was no water in the wilderness. Then they say, uh, and they were having a compass, but the problem here was water. So actually, it really teaches us that there are some things that we can do uh, because of our own efforts, that because we've got a compass, then we can make it. We've got, we've got this uh, privilege, then we can make it. But this is not what exactly God wants. God wants people that solely depend upon him. Amen. That agrees that they are failures, they solely depend upon him. Amen. Then if you give God the chance, chance he's, uh, he's, he can be full-time on business to take care of you. So Jehoshaphat, a God-fearing man, says, is there no prophet around here? Otherwise, we're going to die. The cattle can die, us, we're going to die because there's no water here. So there are some, some of the servants, they say there's a, a prophet by the name Elisha. Then the Bible is saying here, <clears throat> Elisha said unto the king, verse 18, Elijah said unto the king of Israel, what have I to do with thee? Gave thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, 
for the Lord had called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Actually, the Elisha the prophet was even angry about the deeds of uh, Jehoram, who was an idol worshiper. Verse 14, and Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely wait not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. I will not look toward thee nor see thee, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Amen. It's a good phrase. The, king was, uh, the, the prophet was angry against this king. But actually, when he saw the man of God, his emotions changed because he saw the man of God. He saw a God-fearing uh, man of God. That's why he, he changed all the emotions. Then we saw that he took a ministry. This, this thing, it really reveals unto us there is power in music. Amen. Don't underestimate music. There is power in music to bring God down. We saw here how the prophet, when he placed this ministry, and he broke into a vision. Then he said, make the valley full of ditches. Amen. Amen. In a situation that was tough, in an angry situation, it changes, everything changes because of music. When you are angry, brother, play music. When you are down, sister, listen to your music. When you feel low, brother, play something. It creates a certain atmosphere. We just want to read something here uh, of what the prophet says in the book of uh, the spoken word, make the valley full of ditches. That was pre-1907-52 uh, from paragraph 9. The prophet is saying here, you know, someone told me not long ago, said, Brother Branham, music in the church is wrong. I said, it is. I said, do you think God changes his nature? God changes his nature? No. I said, then when the prophet got all stood up and they said, bring a ministry. When the ministry began to play, the hand of the Lord came upon prophet. If music brought the power of God then, it will bring the power of God now. That's just exactly. God is still, same. God is still the same. See, and the prophet, now you might not be the prophet, but you could be the ministry or you can be part of it anyhow to bring the power of God. They start to praying, and Elijah got in the spirit, and he saw a vision. Now he said, when he saw the vision, he said, go out yonder in that desert, right where you are at, and go to digging ditches, and dig them out. For thus says the Lord, you will not hear any rain, you will not hear any wind, any rain, but there will be water that will come from the way of the wilderness. Why? Where would that water come from? From that rock, that smitten rock that was in the wilderness. That's right, it was back there somewhere. It might have been covered up, but there was a smitten rock in there that was smote coming through the wilderness. And that smitten rock still lays yonder too to be touched tonight, waters of life. Amen. Now notice, now they went without any evidence of water. The first thing they had to do was prepare a dish for water to come in. You get what I mean? My time is up. I'll hurry to get this point. Look, the deeper they dug, the more the waters they got. Brother, the more you dig in the spirit, the more of God you get. The more you shut yourself in your closet, the more the Spirit of God will come down. There's a difference when you are not connected to the God. You become dry spiritually, you become dry, and you feel that I am dry. But when you start to concentrate reading the Word and you pray, you feel that the Spirit of God is upon you. You can feel that there's an angel that is behind you. Amen. The more they dig, the more the waters, the waters were coming out. Every time they dig, 
The deeper they dig, the more water they got. Every time they would dig, maybe you stick your shovel down. You hit an old tin can, throw it out. Thus, that guy that says the days of miracle is past, just kick him out of the way. Dig on, get down there, and then when you hit another one, he says, well, I'll tell you what, I believe these things are just simply a psycho wake up. Mend out telepath or something, kick him out of the way. Keep digging, that's right. The deeper, the deeper you dig, more water you are going to have. Is that right? Brother, get away from unbelievers. Get away from people that criticize what you believe. You become low. Amen. Birds of the same feather flock together. If you team up with the people that talk about the word, you become the word. But if you team up with the people that are against the word, you also be like them. If you get into a place where there's a dog that has got fleas, you also can have those fleas. Amen. So be careful of who are you playing with. Friends ruins your, your reputation. Amen. If it was friends specifically. Make the valley full of ditches. This is wonderful, friends. What I love here, in a wilderness where there was no water, God provided water. Our God can make something out of a nothing. Where, there was, where there's nothing, totally nothing, God will make something out of it for him to show that he is God. In, uh, we know that in the, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 18, he said, I even, water the, I even make the water pools right in the wilderness. And in the Bible, somewhere in the book of Isaiah, uh, the, uh, the Bible says, he, when Jesus Christ comes, he will make even the roses to blossom right in the wilderness. Where you think that is impossible. This is where God specializes in them things that we thought is impossible. So your situation, my brother, my, your situation, my sister, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. God is in the move. Any change can come at any second. Any second is a miracle second. There's nothing too hard about the Lord. According to this time of life, Sarah will have a baby. My God got to have a baby. Yes, God said it. Amen. How is it going to happen? God knows how is it going to happen. God can make something out of a nothing. God specializes in them things that we thought impossible. As they went and proceeded to, to the wall, then they defeated the, the king of Moab. They closed their wells. They fell down their trees. They mar all the good, uh, their good lands and filled them with the stones. We see that when you go to war, when God, is intervene, when God intervened, you are duty bound to win. Amen. Even in this spiritual battle, when you involve God in your battles, you are duty bound to win. Amen. Battles, they come. Disappointment, they come. Amen. But you are duty bound to win because God is in your sight. In victory day, the prophet says, God will allow those disappointments to prove that are you really a child of God or you are just a bastard child. A real child of God cannot live God because of trials. Actually, trials will draw you close to God. That is a really genuine child of God. Let's go to the book of uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4, the Bible is saying here, <clears throat> now it speaks about Elisha multiplies the widow's oil. From verse 1, the Bible is saying, Now they cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. You see, if you can check this verse 1, it shows that the servant of the Lord died leaving his wife in a miserable state. Yeah. 
This is exactly what he's portraying here. So, brothers, I think it also encourages us that if ever God allows and bless us, we must do investments for our kids that are to come. Because we don't know time. Sometimes God can take you and leave the kids and the, uh, your, your, your wife. Then there must, some, there must be something that will take care of them. Not disregarding that God can take care of them, but you also have got a part to play. So to some can say, ah, since she will be a widow, then she can, can, she, she's going to get married. What about she is going to get married? How do you know? I remember Pastor Jacinda when he was preaching cheap labor here. He said, you see a man when his wife is dead today or even when the grave is still wet after being buried, a man he will be already hunting for another woman. That is the nature of a man. But a woman can even uh, persevere for even years and years. Though the scripture says uh, young widows can be married. But some widows, when their husbands are dead, they no longer mind about getting married again, depending on their relationship. But not disregarding that, uh, the part that they can be married. Yes, they can be married, but not always like that. So as, if ever it's possible, you must make sure that if God provides, make sure that you keep something for your children. Amen. Their school fees and everything to take over. Amen. Amen. But here in this situation, God permitted it. Because uh, verse 2, it says here, And Elijah said unto him, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what is thou in the house? And he said, Thy handmaid is not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Actually, God permitted this situation so that a miracle can happen. Amen. Amen. God's ways are not haphazard. God is well organized. As people are not well organized, but God is well organized. And as people are too speedy, God doesn't speed up. Verse 2, it says, okay, it says, this woman had a little oil right in the pot. Sometimes when God works with you, sometimes, he works with what you have. What do you have? Okay, we can say poverty is too much, but what do we have? If you got a certificate for welding, then God will work on that certificate of welding. You are an engineer, then God will improvise on that engineering part. You got a metric, then God will improvise you on that metric. You got a course of doing what? God will improvise on that. Because the, uh, this woman was asked, what do you have? He said, little oil in the, in the pot. So whatever you have is that little oil in the pot. It's not much, but that little oil in the, in the pot, God can work with that and bring a miracle. Our God is God of miracles. We serve a miracle-working God. He never fails. Then the prophet says, verse 3, then he said, go borrow these vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Yo, what a promise. As much as you can. You see, when God comes into the sin, he wants you to be blessed more exceedingly, abundantly, more than what you think. Amen. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out in all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. God wants you to shut yourself in a closet for a miracle to happen. Amen. Shut yourself in a closet and gain power. Amen. Amen. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. It came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oily stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave thou and thy children of the rest. 
My brother, my sister, the oil was enough to start a business. I don't know what kind of oil it was this. Maybe it was olivin, sunfoil, excel, I don't know. But I think she became a, a, an oil businesswoman. A big businesswoman. Amen. Because the Bible is saying oil stayed. Amen. These are good news, friends. Out of nothing, she became a big businesswoman with the oil. Amen. Ah, this is good, friends. God can make something out of a nothing. Let me take it from this angle, my brother. You are a vessel of God. So you as a vessel of God, God wants to fill you with oil. When you are being filled with oil, what can happen then? You are going for a market. Because you see, these vessels were full of oil. They were supposed to go on a market. The prophet spoke something here in the Let Your Light So Shine. That was preached in... 620903. I'm going to read it now. For a miracle to happen. Actually, you're on a, on a market. When you're on a market, what's left there, what's left there is to advertise your life. And your life can be advertised. When your life is advertised, then a lot of people will come to the Lord because your life has been advertised. Wherever you are, my brother, you're advertising Jesus. So don't, don't offend people or discourage people that are looking on you as a Christian. Amen. Wherever you are, you must be the best Christian ever. Amen. Okay, it's let your light so shine before men. I'll ta- start from paragraph 101. I was supposed, okay, let me start from paragraph 95. The prophet says here, And as I drove along down this road, I noticed a great big beautiful signboard. And usually, you know, they have a lot of things plastered on these signboards. But I never noticed such things on this certain signboard. Usually they have pictures of half-dressed woman or something or another advertising a certain brand of cigarettes or a whisk or a beer or something, the great shining signboards. But to my surprise, at my first glance, it attracted my attention because it wasn't all smarted up with something or another. The smart wasn't on it, and I guessed back to see. It was a beautiful board, and sitting in a correct place just where, when you turn this corner, you can't keep from seeing this this sign. And to my surprise, it had one word wrote across it, hungry. Just hungry. That's all there was. Then I noticed a little bit letters down at the bottom of the board. said, three miles ahead, hungry. Three miles ahead. Well, I begin to start about that. People wasn't so much. Usually they they go to a restaurant ahead, they're trying to outsell the other fellow. The picture, big sizzling sticks and so forth. And when you go in, you usually don't find anything like it is advertised, but just an advertisement. But this seems to have a different approach. And we know that the day that we are living in today, it pays to advertise. If you've got a business, you have to advertise. And we find out that these people who are making such big progress in business are great men of advertisement. They put it on television. They smear it on boards everywhere they can to advertise their products. Smoke this one, not a calf in a car load. And the thing men shoot and some other men steep or something like that, stay lively longer with their beer and all stuff like that is advertisement. They write off a lot of their income tax just for advertisement and it certainly pays off. So it pays off for that. I begin to think then, why won't Christian pay off its advertised? Well, I thought, what is advertisement? You've got to have something that is a little different from what the rest of the, them has got. 
or if it's just so common like the things of the world, it will never attract the attention of the people. Now, if a man will be looking for an automobile, he will have went, went on past that sign. But if he had been angry, he would be looking for that sign. So I believe that the Christian is God's billboard. I believe that each one of us is God's billboard. We don't have to do so much carrying on about it. Just simply live such a life that will make the people hungry to be like you. Now I noticed on this billboard, this certain one, it didn't claim nothing, but just ask this question. If you are hungry, you cannot sell anybody anything to eat unless they are hungry. The first thing that advertisement does, the individual passing by, is to see it. So my brother, you are on an advert. Actually, you are God's advertisement board. Let me speak like that. It reminds me recently, was it last month, but one, uh, the, the friend to my landlord came. So as they were chatting with my wife, she said, I'm tired of this life of changing men. I wish if I can have a husband like you. So my brother, my sister, the way we are as message believers, people are admiring to be like us. Because out there there's chaos. Women are cheating their men, and men are cheating their women. It's chaos all over. But with the believers that are faithful to this word, our homes are different from their homes. At least we are faithful to our, 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 our partners. Amen. Amen. And that can make the world to be hungry to be like us. Amen. Amen. So wherever you are, advertise Jesus Christ. You must have confidence that even people say there is no Christian at all in these, these days. You can say, I am the one. If you want to look for a Christian in anything, I am an example. But if you come to a point where you can point yourself and say, I am an example of a Christian, then you must, you must make sure that you pull your socks on Christian life. Your life must build confidence in you that no matter I make all mistakes, but what I know is that whatever I did that is wrong, I go before him and say, Lord, I am sorry. Then I move on. I'm trying to live faithful before him each and every day. The righteous men fall seven times and rise again. Amen. 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 Our God is able, friends. Our God is not a failure. Delay doesn't mean denial. He's always there on the business of providing. I remember one brother in Zimbabwe. Uh, what happened is that it was time for breakfast. So he prepared, uh, uh, the, actually the wife prepared the food there and put the tea on the table, the bread and so on. Now the problem was that right in East there was no milk. The milk was finished. So the wife was expecting the brother to pray for the food so that they can continue to eat. Then the sister was surprised to hear the brother saying, Lord, if you are the one that, lives, that loves this black tea, then you can drink this black tea. Myself, I want a tea with milk. Then he fold his hands and relax on a sofa like this. For some couple of hours, then a couple of minutes, let me say, about 30 to 45 minutes, let me say, then he, somebody was working somewhere at a dairy board company in Zimbabwe. Dairy board is a company that deals with milk. Oh, he called and said, hey, my brother, where are you? He said, I'm at home now. He said, okay, I've got a 12 pack of milk here. I was just thinking about you. I'm going to come and drop that milk in, right at your place. He said, this is the God I save. Amen. <laughs> God is able, friends. Amen. Our God is not dead. He is alive. He specializes in them things that we thought is impossible. As long faith triggers, then he's able to do something exceedingly abundantly for you. 
I remember the other day, uh, it was at our place there. Uh, we realized with my wife that uh, we don't have enough uh, to, to sustain us for maybe to finish up the, the whole month, let me say. Then we say, okay, let's kneel down and pray. We kneel down, we prayed, then we relaxed just a, maybe two seconds from there. One of the elder sisters right in this church called my wife. Said, hey, are you fine there? She says, yeah, all is well, we are fine. I said, no, man, I've got a burden about you. Uh, I'm feeling that I can just e-wallet you this 500. Next day, 500 in the e-wallet. It catered for everything that we desired. Amen. Amen. This is the God that we serve, friends. We were alone in the house. There was no one, but God was there. And he was hearing our prayer. The, God just triggered the sister with, the, with, with that burden. And we sorted in our problem. So my brother, before you do anything, pray if you've got a problem. Amen. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. When you pray, something is duty bound to happen. When you pray, heaven doors will open. When you pray, miracle will happen. Amen. Amen. Then the other day again. Since we are talking about a God that specializes them things that impossible, I also have to mention where he is, what he's doing right in my life so that you can see. Amen. Okay, the other day we were sitting on the sofa. Then I say to my wife, actually it's my wife that started with it. Our children no longer have enough clothes. Uh, then as a man I say, uh, we'll see how we're going to squeeze it this month end. Uh, as a man, but I just see the sum that is, uh, it doesn't connive. It doesn't agree. But as a man, you don't have to say, hey, I don't, I'm not able to do this. As a man, try to see how, what you can do to balance. You can't show your wife that the team is defeated. You have to show that you're also a man, you see, you can do something about it. So, yeah, I, I say, okay, well, I'll try to see how I'm going to squeeze about it. It was in the morning. It was on a Thursday in the morning, around 9 o'clock. Then around 3 o'clock, uh, one of the Sister here, right in this church, he called. Hey, sister, how are you? He said, I'm fine. Are you at home? Yes, I'm at home. Okay, sister, the Lord has put in our hearts to buy, you, uh, to buy your kids the clothes. So what are we going to do tomorrow? Uh, get prepared by 10. We are coming to your place. We'll pick you up. Then we are going to the mall to buy you all the clothes for the kids. Then we were saying, hey, this is kind of an angel. We are alone here. We didn't even pray. We were just speaking. We were just speaking. And God hear what we were speaking. Then he triggered a button to another sister. We were surprised, brother. We were shaken. We were surprised. It, brother, it, it encourages our faith. Then, okay, that next day, the brothers came, uh, the, the couple came. They took us to, to Clifford Mall. When we went to Clifford Mall there, uh, we thought maybe since they said they were going to buy uh, clothes for the kids, it's just one, two, then it's fine. You know, when you expect, don't expect too much. You know, as people, we don't expect too much, you know, sometimes. But when, uh, when God is doing something, he can do exceedingly abundantly. So we thought uh, it was just one, two or something. So we, uh, the, the sisters were holding their monks. I was also with the brother. Then they say, okay, you, you cater for, 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 for the, the male child. We are going to cater for the female child. Just go and check, and uh, if ever there's something good for, for your child, for the boy, your boy child, then you take. Us, if ever there's good also for the girl child, we'll take from this side. We go around there. As, as people that didn't know how much they're going to spend, we didn't know how to pick, how many, how many things to pick, and so on. You see, that kind of a thing. So we're thinking that maybe one, two is fine. So, you know, with fear, just pick one, two. Then uh, it's fine like that. 
So the sister was even shocked on that other side. He said, hey, sister, it's too much. Because the man was already full with those clothes. He said, ah, sister, it's too much. This is too much, sister. No, 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 no. You don't have to do it like this, sister. It's too much. It's fine. On the, the brother's side, I thought also those two and maybe a trousers is fine. The brother even loaded about seven or something more. He loaded and loaded. As, he was, as they were loading and the monks were full, uh, my wife got outside. Then I left them to pay the bill. While I went outside, I scratched to my wife. I said, hey, Kosikaz, you must not disturb the move of God. If ever somebody say God puts in our hearts to do something, leave them to do according to how God has put in their life. Amen. So what happened there, when the monks were full, they paid the bill. Now we thought that was enough. They said, now we are going to have a to pick some other clothes again. We say, yes. Now, this God is a great God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Brother, hey, we God bless that couple. Brother, we went to, to High Veldimo. They pick also a lot of things there. They fill the mind and they say, okay, it's not even enough. We are going also to, 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 to buy some other stuff. If, because we see that some of the stuff are not in, in here. But we are going to buy other stuff if ever God allows that the stuff will come. Then we are going to buy some other ones. Said, ah, okay, uh, God bless you, brethren. Then after that, uh, we went home. Uh, we, got, we went to their place, actually, for fellowship. Then from there, there was a, a great lunch, uh, a big lunch, a good lunch, delicious one. From there, then you realize that this great God is a good God. Amen. We check the bill now, uh, because they, they made a mistake. They didn't want us to see the bill. But they made a mistake. So maybe God, when he wants you to realize what God is doing, he makes them to make a mistake so that we'll see. So when we checked the slips there, brother, it was almost 3,000 runs that they spent there. On just, a few, on just a few hours, they spent those thousands. Not only that, on top, they give us 800 runs. Say, be sorted, brothers. I said, this is a living God. Amen. We serve a true living God, friends. Amen. Our God is not dead. When you are alone in your house, as long as you kneel down, brother, God will do something. If you are a Christian, as, even if you think something, God will back it up to show that he is there. Brother, we are so sure that no matter trouble, tight situation, whatever, God is there. God will always do, some, will always do something. Amen. Uh, God is able. He is not a failure. Okay. Uh, as we continue with our subjects here, the move of God. Let's go to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Okay. The Bible says here in the book of Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, it says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other side besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Ingeri. And Jehoshaphat feared and said himself to seek the 
and sent himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of Judah before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen and thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? The king, as we saw here in verse 1 that Jehoshaphat, was in a trial against all these kings. The king of the Ammonites, the king of Ammon, the king of Moab. But he did something that was wonderful as a God-fearing man. He went on a consecration. He went on to fast and pray with the congregation. So when something went wrong, my brother, you must go on a fast, pray, and go on a serious concentration. The problem is that when you have a problem, we just complain. We don't fast. We don't pray. We don't consecrate ourselves. But whenever you have a problem, you must fast, you must pray. Some believe that maybe the days of fasting are over. They are not over, my brother. There is power in fasting. There is power in praying. When you consecrate yourself, brother, God will come down. He will come, automatically you come down. So when they did their prayer and uh, did their uh, consecration in verse 14, the Bible is saying here, 2 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 14. The Bible is saying, Then upon Jahaziel, the son of Zachariah, the son of Benah, the son of Jeho, the son of Matania, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, How can you, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thou says the Lord unto you, be not, dis- be not, be not afraid or dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God is. This is good, friends. They were in a situation, they were fearing their enemy. But after prayer and fasting, then God sent a prophet. When God sends a prophet, he sent him with a message. And the message was, they, they were not supposed to get afraid. Because that battle was not theirs, but it was the Lord's battle. And they were not even supposed to get scared of the multitude. Brother, our God can make you fight with millions while you are one. The Bible promised us that here that the enemies will come one way, then they will go seven ways. Our God specializes in them things that we thought impossible. Verse 16, he says, Tomorrow you go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and we shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeril. Actually, God is positioning, is telling them where the enemies will be. This is how God operates when he is in control. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, send you still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed down his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of Kohathites and of the children of the Kohites stood up to pray the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Oh, brother, they were already on a worship. They received a message. They received that says the Lord. Now they are relaxed. Amen. It's good to have that says the Lord towards your life. Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning 
and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Brother, you want to prosper? Believe to God's prophets. There are people that criticize the prophet. They don't want to prosper. He said, believe your prophets and so prosper. There's a reward in believing the prophet of your age. Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy and joy forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Moab, which will come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon in Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Moab, uttered to slay, to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Say, everyone hoped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the mountain, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Brother, there's power in worship. These people, as they were playing music, as they were singing, then God set himself an ambushment against the enemy, which means God was in control to fight those enemies. Since he promised them that this battle is not yours, but it's mine. My brother, my sister, this battle is not yours, but it's his. Don't fight your own battles. Your duty is to worship him. Your duty is to praise him. As you praise him, as you worship him, then you fight your battles. The problem is that we concentrate on your battles, then we don't worship. We don't exalt him. Amen. God will be busy working with you while you praise and worship him. Then miracles will happen while you praise and worship him. Amen. Amen. How it's going to happen, you don't know, but as long as you praise and worship him, something is duty bound to happen. Amen. Amen. Musicians, as you come here, When you sing those songs of Zion, when people get into the spirit, the sick can get healed. When they get into the spirit, my brother, my sister, even a person can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right in the service. I believe in an old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting, friends. Where when musicians come to, to, to play their music here, singers sing, then the Holy Ghost will come down. We don't come here just to be spectators, but you come here to see God. We come here to see God moving. Amen. When you come in the house of God, you must expect a miracle. When you come in the house of the Lord, you must expect God to do something for you. But if you come with no expectation, then there's nothing that's going to happen. Because expectation is a breeding ground for miracles. And you receive what you expect. If you expect healing, you receive healing. If you expect deliverance, you receive deliverance. Amen. God is delivering his people. Okay, my brother, my sister. Let me just uh, drop a few testimonies again here as we continue. <clears throat> okay. It was also another day. Uh, it was the first month of February last year. I think that, that was the time when Corona was starting. So what happened there, there was also some few things that we in need of. I told my wife that, oh, these little things that we, we are not having now, what I remember is that in the Bible, there was a prophet by the name Elijah. And he, while things were tough for him, he say, uh, God sent a sparrow to feed him. So we need our sparrow to just cater for this uh, kind of a, a need that we have. It was around four or five while I was departing for work. So, okay, I, I went to work. As soon as I arrived at work, 
I was surprised when I looked to my phone on a message. It was an e-wallet from one of the elders here. Then I was surprised. So quick. I'm from home. Now I'm here to work. Here's an, an e-wallet from one of the elders. I say, praise God. God is great. Amen. Not only that, the next day, when we, the next day actually, yeah, the next day later, when I went home, I received a call that the elders are looking for you. Where are you? I said, I'm at work. Then they said, okay, give us the, the phone for your wife. They want to drop something. I was surprised they just dropped the whole grocery there at my place. I said, this is the God that we worship. We are alone there, but God is just doing great things. Amen. Not only that, one of the sisters says, I dreamed. I dreamed, I dreamed, I, I, I dreamed. I couldn't sleep this night. I'm feeling, I, I, I just, God just told me that there must be something for the kid. Then he said, he wanted another amount of money. While I'm also refreshing from this uh, testimony of this sister, from there one of the brothers said, my brother, are you there at home? I said, yes, I'm available, my brother. He said, okay, just accompany me, man. There's just a, a piece of job for two hours, man. Uh, can you just accompany me? I said, okay, my brother. Then from there, he pays me a good amount of money. Brother, all those things, my brother, God is available. Amen. He specializes in them things that we thought is impossible. Amen. We serve a great big God, my brother. Coming back to that elder, that elder didn't do it only just for that month. He pushes maybe five to seven months, sending that amount of money. Brother, God is good. Amen. When we are in trouble, God is good, brother. Amen. Sometimes God will let us get into trouble so that we can see him. Yeah. So we are seeing him anyway. Amen. So these guys, when they fought their battle, they succeeded there. What I love is that they spent three days gathering the spoils of the enemy. And what happened there, a little bit back, you find that those people, uh, their enemies fought among themselves. They kill one another. This is what happened, my brother. In the, king, in the kingdom of the devil, there's confusion. And God will set confusion in the kingdom of the devil. As long as you take your position. What is very important in a sense is to take your position. When you take your position, then the devil is in trouble. There is a havoc right in the kingdom of the devil. As long as you take your position, you take your, your, your position. Amen. So it's very important to take your position. As soon as you take your position, then it's duty bound to do something. I remember Joshua of the old. He was told that they have to encompass Jericho for six days. Then the seventh day, they were supposed to encompass it seven times. Then they're supposed to blow the trumpets. As they obeyed this commandment of the Lord, we know that uh, the walls of Jericho, they fell. As they, uh, they fell, amen. And they smit all the, the enemies. That is the way exactly how our God operates. When our God operates, he uses your obedience. It is very good to obey God's word. Those at the wedding of Cana, they were told, whatever I told you to do, whatever he told you to do, do it. They were told to fill those pots with water. As soon as they, uh, they done uh, filling those pots with water, then a miracle happens. Amen. So if you want a miracle to happen, you must obey God's word. Don't the reason when it comes to God's word. Right. Whatever people explain or whatever people say, do away with them. Concentrate on the word of God. You and God are alone. Because in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And this same word became flesh. Amen. So there's power in the word of God. There's power in the word of God. Amen. I remember Brother Dipali said one of the, uh, their machine at work, it got stuck. Then there were a lot of customers that were coming. They didn't know what to do. 
as a man, he was thinking of just even uh, hiring somebody to, to fix it. But he, the wife told, her, told him that, my brother, Kuluma, speak to this machine. Amen. Amen. And he spoke to the machine, then it proceeded with the work. Amen. So the problem of us, we don't speak. Amen. Amen. We must speak to your situation. Amen. You are suffering from asthma. Speak to the situation. Amen. You are suffering from sugar diabetes. Speak to the situation. Amen. You are suffering from cancer. Speak to the situation. Amen. You are suffering from poverty. Speak to the situation. Amen. Whatever situation, speak to that situation, my brother. Amen. Any weakness that we have, speak to that situation. Amen. Amen. You must be able to take your position and tell the devil that I'm a child of God. Amen. You must tell the devil and show him which side are you. Amen. Amen. The devil has to realize that you have got an authority to command him. Because the church of the living God was given power to cast out devils. Amen. Yes. So there's no demon that must stand. Because you're a child of God. That's my challenge these demons. Amen. Amen. Sickness doesn't have to stand. Because of God, Mark 16 has the, the, the promise. Amen. So if there is a promise, we have to exercise those promises. Amen. Amen. Because this Bible, my brother, this Bible is different from a geograph book. Yeah. It's different from a science book. Yeah. It's different from all oh, this book of motivation. This is the word of the living God. Amen. This word is inspired, my brother. Amen. It will produce some results, my brother. Amen. Amen. You must tell the devil, whatever situation, talk to him. Talk to, tell the devil. He, must, he listens, he knows. Tell him, he knows. The devil that we speak about is right here because he also comes to church. So you must not be scared of challenging the devil. When Job gathered with, with others, says the, the Bible says even the devil was there. So the devil is spying you each and every time. He actually is looking for that thing that is making you coming to church. He's saying, what is, why is this, this, this sister always comes to church? Why is he wearing a long dress? Why is he doing this that is good? Amen. Amen. And he, his tactic, he wants to disappoint you. Brother, sister, don't you regret for doing good things? The Bible says you must not get weary of doing good things. Amen. Amen. You see, what surprised me, friends, you know, a, a drunkard person is not scared to smoke right in the text where people are. But as believers, we are even scared to hold the seven church edge right in the text. We are scared too much. But him with this smoke, all of you, we are full of the smoke. But we can't also smoke this and fill everyone in the text with this smoke. We want this God smoke to fill everywhere. Amen. Amen. This is the God that I believe my, in my brother and my sister. We must not be scared of what we believe. Because actually this message, it produces results, my brother. You know, there are some things that we can be scared of when we see that it doesn't work. Because the prophet says, if your religion doesn't work, then leave it alone. So, my brother, I'm not, I'm not regretting when it comes to the message of the hour. This message works. This message produces results. It reminds me, let me drop another testimony, my brother. It reminds me when I was still new in the message of the hour. It was around 2002. By then, the spoken that I have read, it was, what is the Holy Ghost? What was it given for? And uh, life story, identified with Christ, images of Christ. I was still very new. Then there was a place that we were renting somewhere in Bill Midlands. It came to pass that I was praying in a room where I was renting with my brother. So as I was praying, and actually as I was done praying, one of the soldiers knocked on my, on my door. He was one of the relatives of the landlord. He knocked on my door and said, I heard you praying. Uh, can you help me with my problem? 
I said, okay, you can relate the problem. And I was still new in the message. He said, you can uh, relate the, the problem. He says, hey, man, uh, actually, I bought a stand to build a house. So I don't know what is going there in Mian's palette. They are saying that stand has been sold to two people. So I don't understand because I paid for this stand, and all of a sudden, someone is saying also he bought for, he also paid for this. But uh, I have to go to the police tomorrow with this case. Can you please help me in prayer so that at least things will go well? I said, ah, my brother, don't worry. All things are possible. Actually, with the life story and the supernatural life of the prophet, I was already encouraged that everything is possible. Even if, by that time, even if you say walk on top of water, I was going to walk on top of water. All things were possible. All things were possible. It was because it was before that time I would say, hey, now it, is it the will of God? Is it the time? Am I the right person? There I was just, everything was automatic. Everything was automatic. So, okay, he got into my room. We prayed. Then I told him, my brother, God heard our prayers. Uh, you come with a testimony. It will be fine. That is ten, you are going to get it. Amen. He said, okay. Okay, next day, uh, I was relaxing, yeah, around the way we, we were staying. He came, being happy and saying, ah, you know what, my brother, everything went well, there's no problem. Everything was sorted as if there was no problem. That is standing as full again into my hands. I said, let's thank the Lord. The Lord is great. Amen. Amen. So this great God, he always specializes in them things that we thought is impossible. Right in Hebron, uh, in uh, Pretoria. There was a time where we were going to, to the outreach right there in Brits. Uh, we were supposed to get a hold of the, the elder because we always were, taking, we were boarding the, the car of the elder to go to Brits for outreach. So that other day, there was somebody in the way that was seriously sick. So as we passed by, one of my brothers that I was with, he said, Hey, Brother Philip, you see this person is seriously sick. And we are saying we are going for outreach. And leaving this person sick, uh, I don't know how good would that outreach be. Let's go and ask and try to see how, to, how we can help this, this, uh, this young woman. We we'll say, okay, it's fine. There's no problem. We went there. We spoke to him. We spoke to her. And we told her that we're going to church. But we, what we can do, we can pray for you. He said, okay, it's fine. I, I will really appreciate it. Then right it was in the, in the roadway. People were passing. Going, uh, some going this way, some going that side. So we lay hands upon that sister, that woman actually, he, and then we left. A few minutes as we left, we looked back, that sister was already, uh, she stood up and was already walking. Then he said, Brafili, look back. When we look back, that woman was already walking. It's unfortunate we didn't take the, the phone number, but we just saw how this work, God operates. Our God operates, friends. Our God really works. Our God is not dead, friends. If you can check again, even in this ministry that we believe, the Bible says, Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And to prove that this Elijah is come, we know that whatever that is spoken about him, it came to pass. For us to believe that Brother Branham is the one that was, uh, was wrote about in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Uh, it's, actually, it's a symbol, let me say. Because if you can check the supernatural life alone of Brother Branham, it tells that there was a supernatural God that was moving. When he was born, there was a pillar of fire. Wherever he was at from time to time, there was a voice that was telling him, don't smoke, don't drink or defile yourself with women. 
What was happening? A supernatural God was moving. Then 1933, there was something that is clear that, that is clear that happened there. As he was baptizing the 17th person, the Bible says, actually the, uh, in the sources it says, there was a pillar of fire that came down. It says, as John the Baptist will run, my first coming, you are going to run the second coming. It's a confirmation. Then we go back to the Bible. When we went back, go back to the Bible, we find that the spirit of Elijah works five times. And it's clear in the Bible. From Elijah, it went to Elisha. From Elisha, it went to John the Baptist. From John the Baptist, then it went straight Malachi 4, 5. Then from there, it will work again to the children of Israel. Revelation chapter 11. And it's very clear and it's as clear as it be. Besides that, my brother, he saw seven major visions of the world, of which five is, are already fulfilled. On top of that, seven, it was caught in a constellation of seven angels. Those, all, all those things, it shows that this message is, is true. He will get in the office preaching the first seal, not knowing what the second seal holds. Then from there, when he, the angel come and give him the message for the second seal, he will preach the second seal, not knowing what the third seal was all about. Then all the seals was revealed by the angels. It's an angelic visitation, friends. Amen. Brother Branham was our Eliezer, sent to look for a bride. Whatever he taught there, it is something to prepare us to meet him. Amen. Amen. There's nothing that we are waiting here for when Brother Branham came only to meet him. We are waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you are not waiting for the second, of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus Christ, I don't know what are you waiting for. Because time is no more. All the prophecies have been fulfilled. There's nothing left. Amen. Amen. And the prophet was given a message by the Lord saying, if you believe, nothing shall stand before you. Even cancer. Amen. Amen. Let me say, even earth cannot stand before you. Amen. Even corona, Omicron cannot stand before you. Because you are a convert of Malachi 4. So if you are a convert of Malachi 4, you must uh, exercise the same faith Malachi 4 had. Amen. Amen. Because you are the final voice to the final age. Amen. So if you are the final voice to the final age, you must exercise your authority. Amen. Because you've got power. Amen. Amen. Through this message. Amen. This message gives you guts. This message gives you courage. Amen. This message tells it's all about telling you that all things are possible. Amen. Let's read. I'm about to close now. Let's read to the spoken faith. Is the victory that was preached in 58 10 04? Faith is our victory that was preached in 58 10 04. The prophet did something there, there was a supernatural that moved there. We will see as we read. That God truly moves. Okay, paragraph 120 to 128. 120 to 128. Okay. The prophet says, In Deben, South Africa, recently I was praying and they brought one person to the platform. And you know the story. I have told it to many of you how that one woman was healed there being a Mohammedan. And they just got so many out of each tribe, which some of 20 tribes or more were there. And then when it came to a place to a boy that had been born, stooped over, walked on his hands. And when the Holy Spirit began to tell him, 
He was a Zulu. He was a Zulu. And when the Holy Spirit began to speak and tell that man, an African, halted or didn't even know which was right and left hand, and even told him who he was, and they set up, and the witch doctor stood spellbound. What new thing is this? They said, and the chiefs that were being feigned with the fence made the fence stop. And he said, it was discernment now. It said, in your heart where you live, there's a picture of my Lord hanging on the wall. And his father and mother were begging there with the hundreds of thousands of people raised up to testify the truth. And he said, now that you have got a brother that was riding on a yellow goat or a dog, and he hurt his leg, and he walks on a crash, and he's present at the meeting. But his faith just now is overcome, and he has healed. He's healed. Because why? That shock of a white man could not even speak his language, could tell him who he was and what had happened and what type of power was that. And the boy had that through the translator and he threw down his crutches and here he come running, jumping for joy. And when his brother, who could, not, who, could, who could not know which was right and left, but he thought I was trying to get him to a native dancing, his brother running and jumping, he done something to him. And he passed the sin barriers of unbelief. And I looked, looked back and there was a vision that told him to stand on his feet. He was healed. And the boy, not even with an intelligence enough, with mind enough to know what I said. After the interpreter told him, he had a chain on his neck and I got a hold of the chain and said, Jesus Christ makes you well. Stand up. That boy who was born afflicted stood in his feet, not only that, but in his right mind. The tears running down his black belly and the glory of God fell over that place there until 25,000 raw heathens were healed at one time. What did they do the next morning? I was sitting in the window after the mayor of the city had come and said, watch out that window, you got a surprise. And the next morning, here comes seven big cattle. In them, the night before walking down the street, Zulus, Shangans, and Pasut caused us all the different tribes that was war with one another. Was it peace, hand-to-hand singing? All things are possible. Only believe in their own tongue. They were singing to Melafela. So, brothers and sisters, our God is able. We saw this crippled person walked. Both of them, they were healed. It shows that our God is not dead. Our God is alive. He's more than able to do supernatural things at any second, at any time. We must not get scared or doubt anything. We must keep on believing. I'll go to, uh, I'll jump Psalm and go to 176. Same spoken word. The prophet says here in paragraph 176. Now one time, I can think of and really ask. I remember I see some Amish people. I believe or either Mennonite one in the building with the little ladies with their little caps on. That's just what caused me to think that. I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and there was a little Mennonite girl who had received the Holy Ghost. So it might have been Amish. It was one of those, one of those people, either the Mennonite or Amish, and she was a lovely girl. She was playing the great physician. Now is near the sympathizing Jesus. There was a little baby that had been brought into my arms that was crippled. And when I prayed, the little baby was healed and he jumped out of my arms and ran down the platform and the mother fainted. And the Amish or Mennonite girl knew, led, knew the lead. The Holy Spirit struck her and she began to shout. And she raised up her hands and ran away from the piano. And the piano never missed a note. Playing the great physician now is near the sympathizing Jesus. 
coming down through those essos from everywhere. People were crowding over one another, and them Ivor keys moving up and down. The great physician now is near. They're sympathizing Jesus. And they're laying in the floor in the essos, overcome by terror and the Holy Ghost presence. This is the God I love, friends. A God that does these things. I love him. The problem today, we are living in a day where a lot of people, they believe in Sangomas, they believe in different thoughts more than believing in God. So a lot of people, they live in a black world, in, in darkness actually. They don't live with faith. Wherever people uh, believe other things, there's a dark shadow upon them. But the moment they have faith in God, there's a light moving. We saw here supernatural, how this girl was healed and how this uh, other girl gets out of the piano and the piano continues playing. What a supernatural. The, the prophet says there are angels of God moving up and down. As I'm speaking now, those angels are moving up and down. Let's see here about this unbeliever. Let's go to the spoken word. It says we would see Jesus. That was preached in 57, 02, 26. 57, 02, 26. It says we we'll do see Jesus. It says we we'll do see Jesus. And you will see how, this, how people believe in things that doesn't work. From paragraph 23 to 24. The prophet spoke something there. This. You see. Okay, just recently where brother Mo and I was up here at Minneapolis Minister. And I got a letter one day from a Lutheran dean that really tore me up to pieces. He had 22 pages in it, and he said the very idea of last night, I, the very idea of last night I drove, he said, 50 miles through a blinding snowstorm, thought I could hear a man of God, and what did I see but a polished up soothsayer, and just everything ridiculous, and say, the very idea, a man that preaches to the people that you do, and would say that the devil didn't have power to heal, and he just, oh, he just led me out on it. Well, I thought I love good criticism. If it's decent like that, so I turned around and answered this letter back. And he said, now you were talking about you have been preaching for 25 years. He said, I was preaching before you were born. And said, went ahead telling me all those things then, that was all right. I wrote him a letter back. I said, my dear beloved brother, I appreciate you. I know that you love me. If you don't love me, you love the Lord that I speak about. Because you are trying to correct me. If you didn't love me, you wouldn't try to correct me. And I believe that in your heart you are trying to correct me. And now I'm wrong. I wish to be corrected. And I said, the first thing you said, the things that you seen last night was by the power of a soothsayer. I said, when Jesus Christ did the same things that you seen last night, they said he was abusable. And Jesus said, you speak a word against me doing this, it will be forgiven. But when the Holy Spirit is come to do the same thing, Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. One word against it, it will never be forgiven in this world or the world to come. I said, now, what if I was right? Remember the Pharisees and many of those Pharisees and priests of that day preached a, long, a lot longer than you have. And they were sages, but their eyes were actually blind to that, and they could not understand it. But I said, I want to ask you something, my dear brother. Only you are condemning me for saying the devil could not heal. The devil cannot heal. And I said, Jesus said he could not heal, but Jesus said he could not. But Jesus said they could not heal. That settles it as far as I'm concerned. See, 
Jesus said, if Satan can cast out Satan, then his kingdom is divided. And he can't stand. Satan cannot cast out Satan. But here is what his reason he gave me. Here he said, there was a woman lived in his town that is a spirit of evil. That the people come to her and she plucked some of the blood out of her veins and put a hair out of their head or vice versa one and wound the blood and the hair together and walked down to the river behind her and threw it over her shoulder. If she was concerned to look back, then they didn't come back to the people. If she wasn't concerned to look back, they got well. And he said, 20% of those people or more get well. Then you tell me the devil can't heal. I said, I am wrote and answered him. I said, I am, I am certainly surprised that a Lutheran dean would base his theology upon an experience instead of the word of God. I said, God's Bible says he cannot heal. But I said, if you excuse me, I'll explain it. There's many people in the land today who say healers claim to be healers, claim to have power to heal. And people go and get healed, sure. But I said, I seen which doctors in Africa, people go to idols and get healed. Over in France, there's an idol setting up that people goes by. Goes by that idol and the doctors go by and look at the people. And they go by and they get healed. That wood and stone idol doesn't heal them. Neither does the witch doctor heal them. Neither does divine healer heal them. Those people think they are approaching God. And upon the basis of not your salvation, but on the basis of your faith, God has to honor that faith. Certainly he does. It's the faith that heals them. Never know man has power to heal. God alone can heal. And I said this in the face of the people. There's no other healing in the world but divine healing. You cannot make out any other kind of healing out but divine healing. So my brother, my sister, all other sources, those are the devil's deception. One source that, can, that we can uh, rely on is divine healing. I'm about to, to close. Just give me 10 minutes, I'll be done. Uh, go tell my disciples 530405 that was priest 530405 you can see some people how they don't believe God and they still need God later 530405 go tell my disciples paragraph 192 one, from 191 Okay, you're already there, my brother, it's fine. I'm going to read right now. Just a minute. Okay, here not long ago, a lady was down here on the corner. She had TB. I guess she's sitting in the chair this morning. I can't think of the lady's name. She lives across the Risi. Thank you, sister, that's right. Miss Risi, she was laying there, had three or four little children, and I went down to pray for her. She had been sent from the sanitarium up here to die, and so I went down to pray for her. And there was an who lived next door to me, and he worked out here at the government, Mr. Andrews. So I was going past the corner on my old bicycle, and I had prayed for the woman a night, a couple of nights before that. I went home. While I was sitting on the porch, the Lord showed me a vision that the woman would live. So I goes down, I said, that says the Lord for you, you are going to live. And she said, all thanks be to God, the poor little thing. I said, will you rise and be baptized in the name of the Lord, calling upon him and washing away your sin? She said, I'll do anything that God bids me to do. You just come and direct me and tell me I'll, I'll do it. I said, all right. A couple of mornings after that, I met a man going down the street there, and it was Mr. Andrews. 
He said, say, wait a minute there, preacher. Long about this time of the morning, I suppose. And he said, wait a minute there, preacher. He said, where were you going? I said, up to the grocery. I said, are you not ashamed of yourself? I said, what? He said, telling that poor little dying mother in there that she was going to leave. I said, well, she's going to leave. He said, how do you know she's going to leave? I said, Jesus has said so. That's the reason I know. He said, how do you know? I said, he showed me a vision of her. Just the way he done it. I know it was going to be. That's right. He said, I'll be ashamed of myself. He said, you just go around and deceive people like that. I said, you ought to be ashamed. Now, I know it's kind of hard for me first to meet you and talk to you like that. I said, that's all right. You got your own ideas and I have mine too. I got on my old bicycle and rode on up. Two days after that, his wife, being a Christian woman, she fell sick. I went over. I said, Mr. Andrews, could I do something for you? He said, now look here. He said, we've got a good doctor. He said, we don't need any help from you. He's speaking that to a man of God. I said, thank you. I said, I know you got a good doctor. And he called his name. He's a fine doctor here of the city, a friend of mine. I said, he's a good doctor. Said he, he's got appendices. We have it taken out and that's all. Said, we don't need no prayer around here. That's the mistake that people do. When they are drunk, when they, are, they did whatever they do, did, they despise God's move. I said, that's Mr. Andrews. I didn't ask that. I said, I just merely wanted to tell you I could cut your wood, I could do anything I could do, I could do, do for you, get in your kindling cork, anything that I could do. I mean, the prophet here was illustrating uh, the life of a Christian. When somebody has got a need, you go help. Amen. If it is to cut wood, if it is to fetch water, anything that you can help with, that is a part of love. We are not the people that when somebody is sick, we don't warm them by prayers, we don't warm them even by your appearance there. Amen. So he was very snippy about it. He didn't want to, nothing to be done with the prayer. I said, all right. So I went back over home. And when I did, why? They taken her out to the hospital. And the next morning, I said to patrol, I was a game warden, you know. I strapped my little old gun and started up the road. I was walking along up the road and going up through there. And the first thing, you know, there's something said to me. Say, turn and go back. That's resurrected Jesus. Turn and go back. I thought, oh, well, that may be. I felt something said, go back. I turned around and went back. I called up the public service company. I was patrolling on the high lines also. So I called up, told them I wouldn't be working that day. It was kind of drizzling. Rain, although not enough to keep me from working. But I just went back. I didn't know why. I sit down and took my little old gun apart. was standing there shining. Made her say to me, my wife, she said, what are you doing back? I said, I don't know. He just told me to go back. Obedience, better than sacrifice. I came to the face of than I came to the face of rams. Just come back. I sit down there and was shining the little old gun. The first thing, you know, I noticed coming around the house, here he come with his head setting sideways, you know, and the mucus hanging from his nose, and he come in. Say, Miss Branham said, yes. Is the preacher here? I said, yes. Said, come in, Mr. Andrews. Said, hello, preacher. I said, good morning, Mr. Andrews. Have a chair. He said, brother Branham sniffs. You, you, you heard about Miss Andrews? I said, no. Said, well, said, she's going to die, preacher. I said, oh, that's too bad. I said, I had to hear that say, although I know you, you got, I had, I had to hear that though you got a good doctor. He said, yes, he said, it was an appendicitis. It was an appendicitis. And I said, it wasn't, it wasn't, no. I said, no, we got a specialist there now from Louisville. Said, it's a blood clot, it's just about a couple hours from her heart. Said, moving on up to her heart, said, she's going to die. I said, my, it's too bad. I had to hear that. Just kept on shining my gun. 
He said, well, he said, well, she said, hmm, she's bad. I said, yes, sir. I said, let him sweat. I said, let him sweat a while. So I just went ahead and kept working on my gun. Actually, this man was criticizing divine healing. Now the wife is seriously sick. The doctors have given her up. Now it's reality now. When hopes have gone, we need Jesus. So the prophet, he said, I needed her to sweat a bit. Then I kept shining my girl. My she said, well, he said, well, she, she is very bad. I said, yes, sir. Let him, okay, look, tonight, he said, well, who? He said, you reckon you could help her? I said, me. I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to do, sir. I said, I'm not a doctor. He said, well, hmm. You know, I thought maybe you could help her a little. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, ooh, you know, like the woman down. He didn't even finish. I said, I see, I see. That wasn't me. That was the Lord Jesus. And he said, well, I said, I thought you didn't believe in him. He told me a little story. Okay, this is another testimony. But before I get into another testimony, don't despise divine healing. You must believe divine healing. You must not go to a light and close the light that must shine upon you. You must make sure you leave that light to shine upon you. A lot of people in the world, they will hit against the light that must help them. In most situations, a lot of people, they despise the move of God because of the vessel that is being used there. Paragraph 2.24. He told me a little story. His grandmother or his aunt, I believe it was, he had a promise. She would pay an old secute preacher $5 at the end of the year. She had washed the clothes and she didn't have the money to pay him. And the wash day come, then the preacher was going to be there. And she didn't have any more. And she had a dime or a nickel or whatever. It cost her a big old bar of soap. She sent him to the store, come back and said she took the bar of soap and was crying. She reached down and got a big old apron and wiped her tears. She was over the old kettle like your mothers used to have to do. Because you just touch a button now, that's gone, you see. But she put the soap on the washboard like this and putting on. She had something rubbing and she happened to look down, look, sticking in the bow of soap. There was a $5 gold piece. She had promised the old secute preacher. She said, I said, how did that get there? Said, well, I'm just wondering. I said, the resurrected Jesus did that. She made the promise with all good heart. She thought she could do it and God had made a way for her. Just the way he does things is the way you recognize him. Just by what he does, the things that he does, and the way he does it. I said, if there was, I said, there is, Mr. Andrews. He said, well, I'm about to finish. He said, well, Brother Branham, you think he could help my wife? I said, sure, I know he can. He said, will you pray for her? I said, no, you pray for her. I said, you are the person to pray. He said, well, I don't know how to say a prayer. I said, that will not do any good anyhow. If you say a prayer, I said, get down and talk to him. He said, well, how do I do it? I said, just move your chair back. Just sit there, just kneel down there and eat by the table and go to praying. Say, so go down there and he begin to pray. And he said, now, he said, mister, I don't know how to talk to you. He said, but if you just help my wife. He said, he raised up and said, say, say preacher, now let's go out of the hospital and talk to him. He said, maybe if he comes down, where is he? In the hospital. I said, all right. My wife got ready. We went out there. And Miss Andrews there could not even see her eyes no more. The blood is separated. You know, the cloth is caused the blood, the water. You couldn't see her eyes. I looked at her. Oh, my. Wife started crying. I knelt down and started to pray. I said, dear God, I pray now that we help the woman. I said, to see that we are all hopeless and helpless. The doctor has done all he can, and then she's laying here dying. I said, oh God, what could we do? How could we do anything now? We call on you. We know that you arose from the dead, and you are alive among us, and you are just as tangible as the light is on my hands. You are here, and you have all powers, and you can do it now. Lord, if we find favor in your sight, we humbly come and ask for mercy for the woman 
While I was praying, things begin to move like that. I looked at it, I seen him coming over to my house with the apple pie in his hand and giving it to me. And I sat on the front porch and began to carve this apple pie and eat and to eat it. I rose up then after I had showed the vision, which means Miss Andrews now was already healed. So my brother, our God is able. He is not a failure. We serve a miracle working God. The problem is that we look to ourselves and our circumstance, then we feel that God is not able. But God is more than able. Uh, while I'm closing, let me close like this. There were two friends that were playing. I didn't even finish my notes. Let me just leave it like that. But let me finish it like by this. There were two friends that were living neighbors, young boys. So these two young boys, whenever they got crossed, the other one who bullied this other uh, one. The other one was slender, the other one was a big man in stature. So they would play nice, but whenever they're close, the big man used, the, uh, used to beat the slender man. So as time went on, the slender man used his binocular sometimes there and there. On his binocular, there was a small part and there was a bigger part. So always he would use the, the bigger part of the binocular. As he was looking to this bull, to this bully, the bully seems to be too big to him. That's why every time we accept to be beaten. But there was another time when this slender boy made a mistake. He took that same binocular and he went to the wrong side, to the small side of the binocular. As he was watching this bully, this bully seemed to be so small to him that he said, ah, This is a person that was always troubling him all along. Such a small young man. Ah, today I'm going to deal with him. Today, if he get, clo- get closed, I will show him which side I am. So they played as usual. So the big man, as usual, started to beat this young man. Then this, he didn't know that the young man was charged already. That slender man beat that big man to the ground until that big man surrendered. Let me tell you, my brother, my sister, is the way how we see the devil sometimes. We always use this big binocular. But turn your binocular. You must use this small binocular and look to the devil. He's a smaller boy. Our, we've got enough right to chuck the devil out, amen, of our situation. You remember David? He went down there to the valley when his brothers were fighting against the enemies. The brothers were using the bigger binocular against Goliath. And they were fearing and scared of Goliath. But when David came there, he was using his small binocular. He saw Goliath as a young man, yes, a, a smaller thing to him. He saw Goliath down already. So while these people were looking to the circumstance, looking to the young boy and these things, sometimes we are killed by circumstance. Don't look to the circumstance. You're more than able to kill the giants. Amen. Amen. Who are those giants that are in your life? We are more than able to kill those giants. We saw how David with a sling, he struck down Goliath. Brother, your Goliath is nothing this morning. As well stand to our feet and the musicians comes. Your Goliath today is nothing. It might be cancer, it might be TB, it might be asthma, it might be poverty. Any situation, any Goliath in your life is nothing. You must just turn your binocular. When you turn your binocular and turn, use that small side, my brother, more than able to conquer the enemy. The enemy is nothing. The devil is nothing. He was defeated already 2,000 years ago. We are more than conquerors to defeat our enemy. May God richly bless you.
Brother, sister, is the time now that you turn your binocular. You use that small binocular against the devil. As the brother will sing, all of us are going to pray and use your slingshot towards the devil. Then after that, the order will come. pray almighty God we thank you Lord Jesus Christ during this afternoon Lord we thank you for your move we thank you for your hand extended Lord your children Lord Jesus Christ they have come oh father as a testimony Lord Jesus that you have been good unto them Lord Jesus you protected them Lord many people have gone many people are sick some are lying hopeless Lord in the hospitals, Lord Jesus. But they've come, Lord Jesus Christ, as a testimony, Lord, that, Lord Jesus Christ, you care for them, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are a God that specializes in them things, Lord, that we thought is impossible. You are God of signs and wonders. You are God of miracles. A God, Lord Jesus, that has never fell through down the ages. We salute thee, gracious mighty. We thank you for your blood that was shed for us, Lord. We are here to stand, Lord Jesus, as the trophies of Calvary. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. We thank you for the prophet of the age. We thank you for the revealed word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for touching individuals, Lord. People, Heavenly Father, that are sick, Lord Jesus. We know, dear God, you have already paid the price, Lord Jesus. But your stripes are already healed. Lord Jesus Christ, right now, I'm praying, Father, believing 
that you're more than able, Lord Jesus, to heal each and every individual in the camp. Your children have got need this morning, Lord. We pray, dear God, believing that Lord Jesus spoke in your word, that whatever we ask in your name, it shall be done unto us, O oh God. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, for them that are afflicted this morning. May you touch them, Lord. May you heal them, Lord. May you strengthen them, Lord Jesus. Some that feel weak spiritually, may you strengthen them, Lord. May you give them courage. Lord, I pray, heavenly Father, for them, Lord Jesus Christ, that are having challenges, Lord. Even their working places, Father, may undertake for them, Lord Jesus. We pray, dear God, calling you on the sand, believing, dear God, wherever you call, Lord Jesus, you have never missed to come. You have never been turned down, Lord. And an invitation, Lord Jesus, I pray, dear God, that you intervene, Lord Jesus. Let there be testimonies, Lord, of people being delivered. Let there be testimonies, Lord, of people being healed. Let there be testimonies, Lord Jesus, with the people that have got desired this morning, Lord, that have been catered for. Because, Lord Jesus Christ, you have job of miracles. All things are possible. Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, but the same job of God that led the blind to see, that led the deaf to hear. The one, Lord Jesus, that even the rose the dead, the dead, those that are dead, Lord Jesus, from their graves, that is still the Jehovah God. Lord, we love you. Lord, we need you. We thank you for this face this Sunday, Lord. May you bless your church. May you bless your children. May you bless the pastor of the church. May you bless everybody, dear God. May we depart, Lord Jesus. May everyone, but Lord Jesus, being tight, Lord. May there be no situation, Father, where your children, Lord Jesus, will depart, Heavenly Father, without being touched by you. Because, Lord Jesus, you are touching your people. We remember one day, Lord Jesus, it was the prophet of the age, when he saw people that were hitting against the bars, he shouted and said, Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't know Heavenly Father, as an inferior man, dear God, how to deliver those people. But we know, Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, when those people, dear God, Lord Master, were being delivered, after the prophet say, how shall we all give way? We know, Lord Jesus Christ, the prophet says, Brother Roy Borders, God is delivering his people. Lord, you are delivering your church. You are delivering your people. We thank you this new year, Lord, that Lord Jesus Christ, you are able, mighty God, to deliver your church, to deliver your people. We are so happy, Lord Jesus, to serve a God like you, a reliable God, a God that is there in time of emergence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We appreciate you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your goodness as we depart, God, to us. Just when we pray.
Masterpiece, hallelujah. Um, we, we, we had testimony after testimony. Amen. That's why Brother Bram says we lift him out of history. Amen. So we bring God on the surface, hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't help to talk about the God of Abraham Amen. if he is no longer the same this morning. Amen. So we have to lift him out of history and bring God right alive at our current situations. Amen. Amen. So may God richly bless you. Um, we really, really enjoyed ourselves. Amen. Amen. And then uh, just with parting ways, it's just don't look at your circumstances. Amen. Don't talk about how big the problem is. Amen. Talk about how big our God is. Amen how great our Lord is. So there is no problem, there is no challenge that is greater than our almighty God. Even if you don't believe it, just say, just talk about it, that even if I've got this problem, but I know God is greater than my problem. We really appreciate you, Brother Mabagasa. And then let us just, um, while we bow our heads, I'll ask our elder at the back there, um, uh, Brother, uh, uh, Brother, Brother, yeah, just brother, brother, just to step forward here to come and say a word of prayer in closing. And then if you've got any request, whatever, you may raise your hand while our precious brother comes and pray with us. And then may God richly bless you. And then after the prayer of brother, brother, let's just sing a song that will be our dismissal song. God bless you. Amen. Shall we pray? Kind and true Heavenly Father, we bow down before Thee, Lord, and humbly bring our souls unto Thee. 
as you've ushered our life into another year, Lord. We are limited, Lord, in, in this mortality, Father. We are mortal men who not, know not what shall happen in the next minute, Lord. We cannot tell, Heavenly Father, what comes on the morrow, oh my, my dear God. But as we have come into thy house and to hear the word, we are truthfully so sure, Lord, that it is the word that prepares our way. Amen. It was David of old who said, the word of God is like a lamp unto my feet. Yes. It guided my footsteps. It is this very word, Lord, that will guide our footsteps, Lord. Yes. Surely indeed, Lord, we have a great year before us. Amen. Some cannot tell what this year holds for us. Amen. Neither can we, oh dear God, tell indeed what shall be of this very year. But we already, Father, we see the beginning of it, Lord. Yes. They prophesied some in diverse sects, Almighty God, of them that called themselves prophets. They predicted things to come in 2020. But Lord God, as the children of God, we cannot wait on the predictions of the world. We cannot wait on the predictions of politics. We cannot wait, Heavenly Father, on the predictions of unbelievers. We cannot wait neither on the anticipations of the devil. But Lord, because we are your children, we believe that we determine the course of life for every soul that is dwelling here, Lord, on this world. Father, because the blood of Jesus Christ is still covering the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, Father, because we have believed, as far as we have believed, Lord, we can determine the course of life. If there be some, Almighty God, that have predicted this year to be somewhat, Almighty God, of another year again, Almighty God, of torment and trouble and anguish and cries, we are here, Father, to remind them, Lord, but we are here to determine the course of life. It was Abraham and Sarah who determined the course of life. When Sodom and Gomorrah was to be burned, even God, God alone, knew the secret of what was going to happen. But he could not pass Abraham and Sarah's dead. He had to tell them and inform them. And he had to wait for them to intercede. They had to speak, Almighty God, their mind to God. God was waiting to see if Abraham would validate the days of father the people that were in Sodom and the cities round about. But Lord, the time came when God said, even five people I cannot, I cannot count. I have not found not even five. Because there were four, and it was only Lord, his wife, and the two daughters. The rest of God were corrupted. We might be in the same situation, Father. We might be in this Sodom and this Gomorrah, Lord, of this world. Father, we see the corruption that has crept in the world, Almighty God. But we are here to say perhaps there is maybe 30, Lord. Perhaps there is maybe 50, Lord. 
You know, Almighty God, the souls of men. And we are here to determine the course of life. It was even Lord who asked the angels to go to the town of Zora. Almighty God, Father, but Lord, when he had gone to that town, he found the people even more much and much wickeder. Oh God, he had to run to the mountains. As was said by the word of the Lord. And Father, we are here. Even the people of Zora were not destroyed because Lord sought, Almighty God, to sojourn in that city. They were saved without knowing. It was the grace that Abraham had inquired of thee that was sitting upon Lord. We are here again as your children, imparting the same grace. We are the mercy seat of God. Oh God, we know and indeed, Father, that this blood of Jesus Christ that is covering the whole world, one day it will be taken away because the bride will be taken away. As long as we are still here, Father, we are determining, Lord, the course of events. We are even, Lord, naming this year. Let it be a great year of fellowship. The number two, Almighty God, if they say 2022 to us, the numerical values of God, one represents God. Two means two fellows in a, in a ship sharing the word of God. May this year be a great year of fellowship. May it be a great year when brothers seem to be in oneness. May the oneness of one unity, Almighty God, and the one God, be witnessed, O oh God, in every camp. I predict this year to be a year of Clopas and his friend going to Imam. Let it be a year of visitation from God above. Let it be a year of testifying, O oh God. For two, if they shall witness, they have to witness about God. Determine the course of life according to our predictions, Lord. According to the convictions of our faith. Let this year not let us down. That we may fellowship one, one with another. And may we be, above all things, be able to fellowship with God and God himself. I pray, Heavenly Father, may your children, Almighty God, be enshrouded by those blessings that come from above. That which you have bestowed upon us, Lord, may it befall our pathway. Determine indeed, Lord, our well-being, O oh Father, as we have put our faith in thee and we have been ushered in this new year, which we cannot tell what it holds, but sufficient for the day. Are the evils thereof, but our trust is in thee, both in times of trouble, in the times that are evil, in the, in the good times, Lord, our trust is in thee. We give over everything unto thee. We pray for our pastor, Lord, when he shall determine to come to Whitbank, Lord, may your angel guide him on the way. May you guide him with his family. Father, we love him. You know we love him. We need him. And Father, we need him as we need you, Lord. As you use this office, continue to be with us in this year. Bless each and every one of your children. In their endeavors, Father, whatever they lay their hands to do, as they shall continue to keep thy word, bless them, almighty God. Bless them in their homes. Bless them in their workplaces. Bless them in whatsoever they desire to do. Bless them in their businesses, Lord. For thy glory, O oh, Father, that your name may be glorified in our midst. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I pray, committing all things unto thee. Amen. God bless you, saints. Wenzile, oh, go, she, go, twa.